Hello and welcome to RaiderCast. I'm your host, Andrew Vanek, and I'm excited to introduce the very first RaiderCast interview. Our first interview is with Ava DeRico. She talks about many important things, notably Future Farmers of America, or FFA for short, and her internship experience, among many other things. Something to note for these early interviews is that we had to share one microphone, so the quality may be a little off. Regardless, let's get right into the interview. All right, welcome back to RaiderCast. I'm here with Ava DeRico. How are you today, Ava? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Okay, so to get into the interview, my first question is, who are you? What do you do? What do you contribute to the world, to Sunnyvale, to your community? Like, like who are you? I want you to be honest. That is definitely a loaded question, but I guess I'll focus on who I am to Sunnyvale first. I am the FFA president this year. I am a senior graduating class of 2021. I am the co-founder and president of our Japanese club. I am the head girls varsity manager. And I am also part of our mental wellness committee. And I like to volunteer at like our vet clinic. And I like to read books. And that's about it that I could think of. Okay, that's pretty it's pretty solid because I mean, I have a couple questions written out, and you know, those pretty much segue into each one. Your, you know, your answer segues into each one. So, um, now, like your big thing, like an outsider looking in would would most likely associate you more with FFA than anything else, uh, because it is a more prominent organization at Sunnyvale, and because we have like a new FFA bar. I mean, it's kind of new. Like, what? When did they build it? Uh, it was built between like the past like two or three years ago. Okay, so it's I mean it's fairly new, like yeah, it's like fairly new. pretty cool. So that being said, if you could summarize FFA in one word, what would it be? Leadership. Okay, go on to that. I would say it's definitely leadership based and focused. I've learned a lot about leadership in FFA in the past four years. For example, we have um, leadership development events, LPEs, and the fall where we basically learn how to like lead a meeting or we can learn how to be on a podcast or radio show that's one of our events too or like learning to speak in front of people and I don't know I just feel like it's taught me a lot like towards leadership and like how to be a leader instead of a follower. Okay yeah so I remember you posted on Snapchat or something or um, about this like leadership conference that you went to and it was um like an area leadership thing and um there were a bunch of people there and you met like a bunch of people so like what was that like tell me about that uh I went to my first and probably last sadly due to COVID leadership yeah. conference it's our area five which at the time Mr. Adams was the area five coordinator he basically put everything together which was pretty cool to like be a part of and basically to get everybody in area five which is a huge area. It's like a lot of North Texas and we get together and we went to um, Texas A&M Commerce okay. and we got to stay there. I'm pretty sure it was about, uh, I'm gonna say like maybe four days or so. And we got to dorm in the rooms and we went through like different like events like with everybody there. And they taught us about leadership of course. And we got to meet the area officers, which is Something you can do if you're like a junior or senior in FFA, you can try out for all those different positions. 
and we and we got to eat food there, eat the yes, breakfast, sir. and we did have um, an Area Five dance as well, which is where everybody gets to get dressed up in like all their Western wear and learn different like Western dances, and that was a lot of fun too. Just to be a bunch of cowboys and cowgirls, that sounds like fun. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when when does that happen? Like what what time of the year typically? Because I know. Miss Rona really screwed everything over. Uh, it usually happens in June. It's a week in June, and then in July is whenever we go to SLC, which is our state leadership conference. July is SLC. So did you did you go to SLC? Yes, I did. That was a crazy experience because it happened in Fort Worth, I believe. I could be wrong on that. But we went to like a huge like stadium and um, there was over, I believe it was over like 10,000 people, just FFA members there. And they set up shops everywhere and we got to eat like different types of food. And again, learn about leadership, meet our state officers, which is something you can do your senior year and try out for that. And it's just a huge organization and it's really fun to be a part of. Did you ever try to become a, a state officer? Uh, no, I did not get that far. But my sophomore year, I did try out to be a district officer. And I had a speech in front of around 120 people, which was a really scary yeah. experience. Yeah, I bet, I bet. I, that was not fun. Um, I did not make it, but it, it was a good learning experience for me. Okay, so how... Okay, I don't really understand how the whole FFA competition works because I know you have to like show animals and I know like Kylie Foster did really well a couple years ago and uh, like Lindy did really well I think um if I'm forgetting people you know forgive me but those are the ones that I really remember because they're you know from our class but um what is that what is that like what does competition look like what what are your options what are the opportunities that you get there well I could definitely speak more for our competition base like opportunities which is our LDEs and our CDEs I have never shown an amble animal so like we show bunnies heifers chickens and goats so that's what we do at Sunnyvale but it definitely there's a lot of opportunities for it you basically can show an animal then you go to a competition and there's these livestock judges that judge you and you could win money and prizes and all these different things but I could speak more for the competition-based, like, for example, our career-based development events. Um, They are hosted in the spring. We are going to have it this spring, but it most likely will be virtual, which is sad, but we usually do go to commerce as well, and we go there, and for specifically the vet science CDE, which is what I do, we have to identify a lot of different things, like we identify organs we identify surgical tools we identify livestock cats dogs all different types of breeds we also identify bacteria and parasites it's a really big competition but I enjoy that it is very much so career-based because I feel like FFA also helps a lot with that because it, like I said, it teaches about leadership. It teaches you how to give speeches, how to present yourself in an orderly way. Like, for example, I'm in practicum this year, which is entirely job-based. So I've learned how to create a resume, do an interview. I go to my practicum, which is the animal clinic, every week for at least 10 hours a week. 
And yeah, I, I think they're both like very good opportunities, both our CBEs and LDEs. Okay, yeah. So um, tying in with that, because you just mentioned your um, your vet clinic thing, like obviously I've known you like forever, so I'm mainly asking these questions for the listener. <laughs> yes, but, of course. Um, but what has that been like? Like how many community service hours do you have as of like today, as of this exact moment? Um, the last I checked, I had 656 hours, but I am definitely over 700 at this point. Oh my Um, gosh. That might sound like I'm faking that number, but the reason that I have such a high number is because I have not had a job in high school because I am trying, I'm going to go for my, the vet assistant certification. So yeah, that thing, the vet assistant certification and, um, that's basically where you. <laughs> Not messing everything up. Okay, wait, wait. Let me start over. Okay, hours. Okay, so I had all those hours, and um, I have that many hours because I'm going for a certification at the end of my senior year, which is going to be this spring, and you need at least five hundred hours to even be able to take the one hundred question test. And I, and it has to be uh, volunteer based, so I can't earn money whenever I'm doing all this stuff. But yeah, it's been a long way coming to get that many hours and I've really grinded this year to be able to get even more hours, but I'm still going, I'm still gaining hours. So yeah, that's, that's why I do my practicum and that's what my practicum's for. Okay. Yeah. Um, now that test that you mentioned, like what organization is that test through? Like, what does, is that like a state test? Is that a, um, like, what is that about? Because, yeah, like, I've, I've, I knew that you had to have the hours, like, at least 500, I think, was the gold number that I knew. But the test, like, what's that about? What's that like? So, to be able to get your CBA, you do have to take a 100-question test. Um, it's a Texas-based test. I'm pretty sure it's called... The organization is called TVMA, Texas Veterinarians, something, something. <laughs> yeah. Oops. But um, that's what you have to take it through. And if you do get certified, you can go, you can become a vet assistant anywhere in Texas, I believe. So that's a really good opportunity. So I, the reason why I want to get it is because going right into college, I'll already have a higher paying job with that certification than I would going straight into college with absolutely nothing under my belt. Okay. That makes sense. That, yeah, that's really important then. Yep. Um, so talked about that. Okay. Now what, what's the clinic like, you know, cause you, you've been, you know, going, it's basically your job. Like what is, what clinic A do you work at? And then B like, what's it like there? Okay, good question. I go to uh, Premier Vet Care Animal Clinic in Rowlett. A lot of people ask how I started going there. And my neighbor, Josh Cope, he is the owner of the vet clinic. And whenever I was around freshman year, so like 14, 15 years old, uh, I went up to his door and I asked him, hey, um, if it's possible, I'd love to shadow underneath you and at your clinic so I could learn more about the occupation because I really want to be a veterinarian and if I grow older or like for as a career. Right. And uh, he accepted, which is really good because he doesn't have overall in general, not many people can shadow at that young because they prefer you to be able to drive to your workplace. Yeah. 
but since he knew me personally, he knew my parents, my parents would always drive me over there. And working at the vet clinic is a really fun experience for anybody who's like interested in that career and that occupation because I learned so much. We get new patients every single day. And I've gotten to the point where I recognize returning patients, which is really fun. There's all different types of animals, cats, dogs. We've gotten snakes before, guinea pigs, bunnies, lizards, chickens. Like we get all types of animals, but it is primarily cats and dogs. And I like to work under different types of veterinarians. Like for example, for my high school project, I'm working under Dr. Troy Barton. And he is one of our newer veterinarians, but I really like him because he teaches me a lot and he's very friendly and whenever I go there I get to drop vaccines and hold for different animals like um, dogs and cats there's different holds for them and I get to clip nails and clean ears and basically just help around the clinic and just learn as much as I can but my favorite part is definitely shadowing over shadowing over surgeries oh yeah because I love to yes it is but because the veterinarians there are so skilled and they do it so easily. It's like mind over matter. Like, it's crazy. Like, I love um, watching, like, neuterings and space and... Um, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That's so weird. Okay, no, anyways. But, but it, it teaches you, like, how to act. And, like, if that's what you're going into, you really kind of want to get into that that mentality and, like, that being able to deal with those kinds of things. Because I know a lot of people... And, um, well, I don't specifically know a lot of people, but somebody, I can't remember who it was, uh-huh. made the point in our past few years, it was a, I think it was a coach or something. He's like, okay, if you want to go into the medical field, but you can't handle blood, then you should no. really th- rethink it. Yeah, like, I've heard that like, before too. If you're able to tolerate that now and mm-hmm. really just like, okay, this is business. This is like my job to fix yeah. and help this animal. Yeah. It's beneficial to have that now. So you can just walk in and be like, okay. He's okay, you know? No, yeah. One of the scariest things about first volunteering at the animal clinic was watching euthanasias. Mm. That that took a toll on me whenever I first started because I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know if the animals would always be with their owners when it happened or if we would have to bring them to the back. But some owners, uh, it's just too sad for them to watch their animal pass. So we bring them to the back and we are the last people that the animal sees. But it's brought me a lot of joy knowing that I can be the last animal, the last person the animal sees because I just want to make them feel happy and comforted. And I've gotten a lot more used to like euthanasias because of that. Yeah. And like that obviously is the more difficult side. It's kind of like one of the, the, um, you know, it's the harsh reality of becoming a vet. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, in that animal sense, because I mean, animals are just so adorable, but they only live to yeah. like, 25 years max, like, I don't mean, turtles can live a long time, but, <laughs> turtles, could, yeah, t- turtles, turtles can outlive people, but, uh, tortoises, yeah, tortoises, tortoises make not, okay, tortoises but, for sure. excuse me, same thing, they got a shell, but, um, <laughs> but the, um, but yeah, like, euthanasia, like, that's, if you don't know what euthanasia is, it's like, you know, when you put your dog to sleep, or yes, something. of course, um, it, I mean, that's heavy, like, people really have trouble with that, and, yeah. and, um, you know, if, I've heard like these things where people say, always stay with your pet as they go into of it so course. that you're like the yeah, last one they see. But, but it's such like a hard emotional thing mm-hmm. to deal with. Um, 
Fortunately, I haven't been able, not been able, but <laughs> had to put any dogs down or pets down to sleep. Yeah, me too. But, um, but I mean, Jet's like, Jet is my dog. He's, um, he's like five or six. Yeah. Or he's like five and a half. Yeah. But I mean, I know that that's going to come one day, but you know, you got to make, make the most of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, like really great insight. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. So, um, shifting from FFA and animals and vet stuff, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned the Japanese club. What's that like? And that's with Mr. Finnig, right? Yes, it is okay. Mr. Finnig. Uh, me and Mr. Finnig were talking summer of my junior year, so like sophomore to junior year summer, and he was like, hey, I was thinking about doing this club, and I was wondering if you'd be interested in like joining I'd be like, oh my goodness, of course, like, because Sunnyvale has always had Spanish club, which is a really big club for freshmen and incoming people to join because it's really easy and Miss Lee's like, everybody knows Miss Lee because usually students choose Spanish one or Spanish two as their language, but, and we also have ASL, but those are the only two language clubs we have. So German, do we not have a German club? We also have a German club that is <laughs> headed by Mr. Finnick as well. Excuse me. But, uh, yeah, whenever you told me to talk about Japanese, because I was born in Japan on an American military base. Yeah, and I've yeah. And I've always uh, been interested in Japan, even though I'm an American citizen. But people are always like, hey, do you know Japanese? Uh, no, I don't, but I've always wanted to learn. So we just talked about it, and then we put everything together the start of junior year, which thankfully COVID had not hit yet, and uh, we put it together, and I ran for president, and I got it, and we we only had um, around maybe like five to six meetings before things kind of slowed down because of COVID, because it did happen second semester of my junior year, which is really unfortunate, because we had big plans for Japanese club, but things are having to be put on hold for everybody's safety. But we taught kids how to use, like, chopsticks, and we were going to have a little cooking class on, like, how to make sushi, which was going to be a really fun experience. Mm -hmm. And he taught us kanji, which is, like, a type of Japanese writing, and we learned different phrases before it cut out. But I definitely am excited for someone to pick up after what me and Mr. Finnick left off next next year. Yeah, he, I mean, he, if you haven't had Mr. Finnick, like, I didn't get to have Mr. Fennig through high school, and I, so and I feel sad. really sad about that. No, but, you would have loved him. I mean, I, I know, but, exactly. like... Exactly. But since my mom and dad, you know, worked at the school, and mm-hmm. my mom still works at the school, like... Yeah. I've, I've known Mr. Fennig since I was five. Oh, my goodness. And... I mean, it's just it's just fun to hear his like little stories oh, about I, him. And, yeah, he's fantastic. He's one of my favorite teachers in Sunnyvale for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So that's really good stuff about the Spanish club. What about soccer managing? Spanish club. So I'm sorry, the <laughs> Japanese club. I totally misread that. Excuse Anyways. me. Anyway, the, the great stuff about the Japanese club. Um, <laughs> it's like right here on the on the it's, document. It's, it's fine. We're good. Um, but okay so how about soccer managing so like I know it's really cold right now it's it's yes, like it 28 is. degrees outside yeah it's really cold. but so have y'all had like practices canceled and... uh yes I'm gonna go back to the start of whenever I started soccer managing and then I'll kind of go up to now uh, my freshman year I was on our varsity girls team but 
I decided that I would rather want to have a head soccer manager on my college, like resume, transcript, and application instead of soccer player, because honestly, I wasn't the best soccer player, so I wasn't going to go anywhere with that with college. But having a leadership position over a lot of years is something colleges really look for. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. That's something you definitely need. So freshman, if you're listening, get a leadership position, junior, senior year, maybe even sophomore if you can. No, like, like do that. Cause, cause there are all kinds of scholarships. I mean, I know that I've applied Mm -hmm. to scholarships that are specifically leadership and service based and biggest thing for like college stuff is most definitely the service and leadership. Like I just said, but, but, um, just find ways that you can do that. Find, find little ways you can do that. And, you know, add that into your like essays whenever you can. Oh, of course. Like I have one essay that I wrote for college and I basically have I've used that and I've morphed it into all of my scholarship essays <laughs> in it. Like I added a few words and then I sent yeah. it in. Like I did that last night. Yeah. But anyway. Um, sorry. <laughs> back, to to start, back to soccer. Back Anyways. To soccer. But yeah, that was really good insight, Andrew. But um, then sophomore year is whenever I talked to Coach Campos and I was like, hey, I've decided to step down from the soccer team. I hope you understand. But I still want to be involved and I was wondering if I could be a manager. And he was like, yes, of course. Like, you, you're really organized. I think you could help the team a lot. So I started with Coach Campos, and we had a really, it was a really interesting season, to say the least, but I learned a lot and learned how to take stats. Then junior and senior year is whenever Coach Kent came along, and we were really excited because we've never had a girl coach before, and she took me under her wing, and I taught her so much about how to take stats, how to keep the team together. I also make sure all of our team group chats are in line. I take everybody's information, and it's just a really fun time. And getting out of class and not having to work out, like whenever they go to games, they have to run. I just sit on the bench, and I vibe. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) Just getting out of class for that is really fun, too. But I I just love being a manager. It it makes me really happy. So I'm glad that I did that my sophomore year. Absolutely. I remember managing the football team. My seventh grade year. That was so like thinking about it now is so cringy. But but like, okay, so let's say um somebody's listening and they wanna, you know, might they might join soccer. Like what uh what's the practice schedule like as of right now? Uh right now because it's so, so, so cold. Okay, no, sorry. I, I should rephrase that. Um, take away cold, take away okay, COVID. Okay, uh, Our practice schedule, we go from 4.45 to 6.15 every day besides Fridays. Fridays, if we had a game before, we watch film usually. And then Saturdays, we have games, and Monday, we have games. So it's very much so back-to-back, but I love the adrenaline, so it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. good stuff. Um, and that's in the afternoon because some yes. people might think it's the morning. No, 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 I no, mean, no, Lots of things do happen really early in the morning. That, for that is true. That is true. But for girls, we definitely do in the afternoon. And the season um, starts in... Our season technically starts at the end of December. Okay. And then I know my senior night is uh, March 13th. So I'm almost positive that our... Uh, sport for Sunnyvale at least is the longest season, which is a lot of fun, but also it's in the coldest months. So like, you know, it's a, it's a win-lose situation, yeah. but 
Yeah, that's whenever our season starts. Yeah. No, I remember uh, going to a game last year. It was so oh, cold. No, it, it's freezing. So cold. Um, yeah, so outside of, you know, your extracurricular activities, the sports you've been involved in, working for the clinic, um, what has your experience been like at Sunnyvale as a whole? That is definitely a loaded question, but I came here in first grade, like middle semester, first grade. I didn't have many friends, but I did make a few key ones, and they kind of got me through that year. Second and third grade are blurs. Fourth grade, um, my dad came back from deployment because he uh, was active duty in the military. Now he is uh, retired from active duty military, but he was active. He served for how many years? Uh, he has served 22 years total in the Army, Navy, and Marines. That's And insane. he has been deployed, as far as I know, three times, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Kuwait. Uh, fourth grade is whenever he came back from Afghanistan and surprised me in class. Andrew, you were actually in that class, and mm-hmm. you watched it happen, and you were in some of the pictures. So yeah. it was a very... <laughs> It's it's <laughs> funny to watch to look at those pictures again because we're like everybody in our class is so small and we're small just, and they were all shocked and I was like, shocked too. It was a whole thing. But he came back and surprised me, so that was something that happened in fourth grade that I remember. Then middle school happened. That was kind of a blur too. I don't remember much of it. It was just an awkward time for everybody. Yeah. I was trying to find my style, which was bad. Uh, trying to find what hairstyles I had, which was also bad. And trying to find my friends, which in middle school, I gained a lot of friends because I was trying to find myself and I surrounded myself with a group of friends and it was all, it was really fun. And then eighth grade and freshman year hit and that's whenever it kind of went downhill because I was diagnosed with depression and social anxiety, which hurt my friendships going into high school. I lost a lot of people because it put a barrier between us because they didn't really understand what I was going through and I didn't really want to talk about it because it, it was just a rough time and I know a lot of people go through that so it was it was fine so under underclassmen it was it was kind of a struggle bus I mean my grades were kind of it was struggle bus for everybody but like specifically for me it was like a struggle bus well not only was it the stresses of high school but the of stresses course. of a newfound well not newfound but like a diagnosed mental oh, illness yeah, and, for sure. and, a, and that's that's an extra burden to bear uh to bear and yeah. but what's amazing is that you did that and you overcame that and and I mean you're still like struggling with that but it's also but it's like you've learned how to live with it and you're learning how to really um really just work with it you know because yeah. it's I mean it's something that you're gonna have to deal with but also nice. you're out here you're FFA president I mean, Japanese code's not really meeting as much, but it's yeah, it's, yeah. You're the president of that. You're managing software. You're you have almost or around okay, seven hundred so. hours yeah, in community service at a vet clinic. Like yeah. you, you got your stuff lined up. So yeah. just know that just because you have been diagnosed with mental illness doesn't mean that you can't overcome that because you're yeah we have somebody here right now who is in the process of doing that and who already has done that so thank you. just props to you on that one thank you yeah so that that's why underclassmen was like rough for me and then um upperclassmen my junior and senior year 
I started getting my stuff together and it was really exciting to see because after those last two years I was just down but it went to a really high place it's whenever I started really getting involved with all the organizations that I'm in like junior year I was the treasurer of the Spanish club and like sophomore year I was the secretary and um I started banging everything together and I started getting A's again instead of like A's and B's and taking my dual credit classes and it was nice to find like a distraction from everything that was going on and I started realizing who like my true friends were and who I wanted my circle to be and it's it's been good so yeah I am here to say that it does get better even if you are in a low place so that's how my time at Sandy Bell has been. Well that's all great stuff. Thank you for sharing and getting so, you know, deep into that. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. And that's that's kind of what um, I live for here and, and what we what I kind of want to see on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually my first, you know, podcast that I'm recording. So I just really want to get, get really, really, um, you know, delve deep into all that stuff. So it's good because it, it shows, it shows like, okay, the main point of this is to do there's two main points okay mm-hmm. there's the senior expose side of things but then there's also the um like advertising for freshmen so like yes you know advocating for them and just saying like hey here's what we've got here here's mm-hmm. what ava's done here's what ava's experience has been like and yeah. i mean there's gonna be a, every person is different mm-hmm. so i don't know maybe you just related to 15 freshmen who are who are incoming and they're yeah, really having those troubles I would hope so. and now they're like hey you know Ava did it like I can do that you know <laughs> so it just that's that's what that's good stuff so we've talked about all aspects of um of your life about your experience at Sunnyvale your experiences outside of Sunnyvale your extracurriculars work and all that um looking towards the future what the what are your plans after graduation what's college look like what's um you know, what what goals do you have what's going on um, at, after graduation, I am planning to attend Angelo State University. It's around like West Texas, kind of around Abilene Christian, kind of around uh, Texas Tech ish. Yeah. Um, I am going to be majoring in animal science and minoring in chemistry because I am pursuing my doctorate of veterinary medicine, and hopefully, like in the far future. Uh, after undergraduate, I will be attending A&M to get my doctorate because they do have the only vet school in Texas. As of right now, Texas Tech is building one, but I'm almost positive it's primarily for like livestock, which I'm going to be going into small animal medicine, so that won't really work right. with my plan. But yeah, that's what I'm planning to do, and it's exciting. Right, and it, and you've done everything in high school leading up to that, you know, have, you had really had that, um, that, you know, tunnel vision, you know, yeah, of course, that's really beneficial. Yeah. After, uh, you know, after we talked about college now, let's talk about where do you see yourself in five years? Cause I know you're going to have to go through some other programs like the vet school stuff. So like what, what is the year 2026 look like for you? Uh, well, I'm graduating undergraduate 2025. So 2026, hopefully I'm in my first year of vet school. Hopefully I get accepted. But if I don't get accepted into A&M, there are plenty of vet schools across the U.S. But I, I'd rather stick close to home because right. it is cheaper. Well, it, it's cheaper. And also, yeah. if you found something, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just 
something familiar, and you're going to something that's unfamiliar. Yeah, so, of course. Um, right, so five years now, what about ten years? Uh, 2031, that's 10 years from now, an entire decade. How old would I be? 17 plus 10? 27. 27. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. slow. Yeah, See, I told you I'm bad at math. Bad at math, there you go. Anyways. That's where you're going to vet school. Let's, yeah, exactly. Because it's primarily science-based and not math. The most math that you have to know is like a veterinarian is like dosages, mm-hmm. which I, I feel like I'll learn that. Like, it doesn't get that bad. Like, calculus sounds bad. I've never taken it. Anyways, uh, 10 years from now. Um, uh, Let's see. I'm almost positive I would still be in vet school, possibly, because vet school takes between 8 to 12 years. Well, not vet school. The entire process of okay. college takes 8 to 12 years, depending if you want to specialize. So at that point, I could either be a starting veterinarian at a clinic, which I would like to open up my own practice that is, like, a really big goal, but it would be really fun. Or maybe I'd like to specialize in ophthalmology because I'm just interested in the eyes. Like, I'm blind myself, and I've just always, like, I've always just, like, wondered what goes on. Like, dogs have a lot of eye issues, and I feel like I'd help with that, like, help relieve stress and pain and all that kind of stuff. So either I would still, I would be in, like, last years of vet school, or I would be a starting veterinarian at a clinic. That's hopefully where I am in 10 years. Maybe I'd have like an apartment, maybe a dog. I love shouters, so maybe. Okay, so we talked about 5, 10, now 25 years from this exact You're moment. really... Yeah, 2046, <laughs> 2046. What? Well, well, it'll be crazy. Maybe we'll have flying cars. Probably not. What's maybe. 25 plus 17? It's your uh, 42. 42. Okay, well then I would be an accomplished veterinarian at that point. I would be making good money and I would have a family at that point. Maybe I'd have a couple kids, like maybe like somewhere between like one to three. I envision myself settling down. I would definitely be settled down by 25 years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's easy to give that five year outlook, you know, yeah, a little bit, little bit yeah. more difficult on the ten year, and then twenty five <laughs> you're just shooting in the dark. So yeah, I really am. But um, right. So that's that's all good things, and thank you so much for uh, coming today and and giving you know some of your time and, and talking today. So um, one more question: If you could give incoming freshmen a major piece of life advice and high school advice, just just a message that you could deliver to them as you leave, okay, what would that be? Uh, this is going to sound really, really cliche. Every single senior says this. Everybody says this, but high school goes by fast. Oh, my gosh. It goes by so... I, w- I remember going to fish camp my freshman year, being so scared about <laughs> the next four years. Like, all the, all the seniors and everybody else were talking on the stage, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to... Literally, my first day of school, freshman year, I went to the wrong class, and it was really embarrassing. The seniors <laughs> laughed at me. Anyways, but it, it goes by really quickly, so... Cherish the time that you have, like cherish that failed math test, cherish going to homecoming dances, cherish going to football games, cherish your friends because most people don't take their high school friends to college because it just doesn't work out that way. So Mm -hmm. my big tip is just cherish high school, even though high school isn't that fun for everybody. 
Right. It's definitely definitely on a case by case basis and of course. a lot of people who I see um who don't have the best high school experience have a great college one. Yeah. And you know, high school's great, but also like don't let that become you Yeah, please don't peak in high school. <laughs> and yeah, I mean yeah. Still got a lot of life to live. So. Of course, yeah. Well, thank you so much once again. Um I'm gonna give you a shout out. So Ava, your Instagram is my Instagram is Ava.Dorico and my Snapchat is Ava X Dorico if you wanna stay uh, followed up on my life, I guess. Okay, sp- will you spell your last name because sometimes Oh, that's people- true. Okay. Um my Instagram is Ava.Dorico, that is A-V-A dot D-E-R-I-C-C-O. And my Snapchat is Ava X Dorico. Same spelling as my Instagram, of course. Uh, you can follow those if you want to. I post rarely, but, you know, you can follow. It's okay. You can see me going into college, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, check and see how she's doing and how um, college, the next big adventure is. Spooky, so. spooky, spooky. Yes, please, you know, follow her and, and yeah. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe or follow, depending on what platform you're listening to this on. With all that being said, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.